Friends and foes, welcome to a very special impromptu episode of Back of the Cereal Box. It is not Saturday morning. It is actually Saturday night. And along with me, Johnny, is Crayley and Kale from Cryptic Crunch and uh, Cosplay Cafe, respectively, on the Cereal Box Network. And Crayley also hosts the Gilmore Sisters podcast which is, we're going to talk about that in a minute. But uh, we've just spent, well, you've spent the last two days at PopCon Louisville. I've been here for part of the day today. Mm-hmm. and It's the best part of the day, the day when Johnny shows up. Oh, listen to that. You're I got to see a magic trick. Anything. It was amazing. You, you did. And, and so... <laughs> My mind was utterly blown. You had you had never seen magic live before today, no. only on TV. Mm-hmm. So, and we we had this conversation, Crayley, that on TV, you know, you can always think, oh, there's some kind of edit, or you know, there's you know mirrors or you know CGI, but you got to experience it six inches from your face, in your hand. And it hurt you. <laughs> it did psychic damage to her. I walked up at the end of the trick and she was laughing and looking shocked. And she grabbed my arm and walked me away from Johnny. It was like, how did he do that? And I was like, I don't know. A magician never reveals his secret. My CPU stopped processing for a moment. And I was like, "I what? I He, I just met this man. What has happened? <laughs> So we, now we, Kale and I have met on video, but today was the first time we ever met in person. Yep. And can I say this without insulting you? Oh my gosh! Yes, I know you're gonna. I know what you're gonna say. She is so much more diminutive oh than I thought she was gonna be. That's the first thing David and I said when you walked away too. Is I was like, I've only seen her from like here up. I didn't know she was this short. Oh, so short. <laughs> yeah, I'm four nine. She's adorable. <laughs> she is adorable. She's adorable from like here up on the camera too. But I mean, when 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 I saw you, I thought to myself, "Oh, I just want to scoop her up and put her in my bag and take her home." <laughs> oh my gosh! Okay, but besides besides being blown away by my performance, which you, you got to admit, anything after that paled in comparison. <laughs> And I only say that because there was a magic show here, which was which was good, but nothing they did on stage compared to what I did for you in person. No, I was like 40 or 50 feet away from that, and I was like six inches away from you, so it was pretty, pretty fantastic. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> now, what b- besides that happening, what is the best thing that you've seen during the last two days? 
Oh my gosh. Um, the fans have really come out here for Louisville. The exposition hall is so much bigger um, than the Indiana Convention Center. So this is a con that I am definitely not used to. I think I've walked like 12 miles today and like I'm at like nine miles today. So um, there's a bunch of cosplayers. All the costumes are just fantastic. Um, all the artists are great. It's great to be in another state where you get to see a bunch of different artists coming from other places. So that's what I really like too. Yeah. What What about you, Crayley? What was the biggest thing that happened or that you saw over the last two days? Well, I got to meet Scott Patterson today, who plays Luke Danes in Gilmore Girls. And so, um, first of all, like, star power. Oh, my gosh. I was really excited about that. But also, the full title to the Gilmore Sisters podcast is Gilmore Sisters, a rant podcast. So I got to tell him to his face that his character that he played for so many years comes up in rant format really often, right? And so he said, a rant podcast. And I said, uh, yeah, it's, it's a rant podcast. We rant. And then I started quoting... <laughs> From Gilmore Girls, he's like, what are you doing? I'm ranting, you should know, I learned this from you. And he just kind of went, <laughs> So, my theory, <laughs> I, I know from... <laughs> I know from other interviews, I'm a huge Gilmore Girls nerd, I know from other interviews that a lot of times the cast members get kind of overwhelmed when people quote lines back to them from the show, because... The, the scripts for the show, for the episodes, were, like, noticeably thicker, like, physically in your hand than for a lot of other shows at the time. One of the reasons they talked so fast is there was so much more dialogue they needed to get through to get there in that amount of time for them to run the episode at its normal, like, airing length. So I suspect <laughs> that I just did that Gilmore Girls fan thing where I quoted a line back to an actor who was like, that must be from the show. <laughs> A show that I did, what, that's been, what, 15 years ago that that, that was too. on? yeah, yeah, yeah. And if they're anything like me as a performer, when I finish a project, boom, it's gone from my head. I, I don't remember anything about it. I forget the script, the songs, everything. But um, now, <laughs> Kale, I got to ask, are, have you ever seen Gilmore Girls? Are you a fan of the show? I have not seen Gilmore Girls. That's okay. We can, we can fix that anytime yeah. now. I, I, I recommend <laughs> that you watch it. Yeah. But but even if you've never seen it, you've got to listen to their podcast. Now, here's the thing. I loathed Girl, Gilmore Girls entirely. I hated this show. But they started doing this rant podcast on the Serial Box Network. And basically, they are ranting about the things that irritate them in the show that they love. But we have some positive episodes oh, too. Absolutely. You you ex but. you express your love for the show, but as I'm listening to it, I'm like that's exactly why I hate this show. <laughs> and now I've become a listener of their podcast because one Kelly and Crayley are so good together. They're they're almost hypnotic <laughs> in their their banter and their uh, what do you what do you call it the the synergy the 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 just the way you guys interact with each other it's phenomenal but you're also talking about the things you hate that I hate <laughs> about that show and now but but it made me start thinking about the Gilmore girls and they were they, they were doing an episode 
about three, maybe four weeks ago, where just casually you mentioned, is is everyone like, are, are they vampires? Are they fairies? What's the deal? They never sleep, and, and they always always have money, but they don't seem to have jobs. And you know what what's going on? And that started me down a rabbit hole. What is Babette Dell's job? She doesn't have one. Sorry. <laughs> okay. New episode. Well, I have banked it. <laughs> so, so, so I immediately sent an email to Kelly and Crayley, and I said, "You know, Stars Hollow sounds like the name of a fairy glen," and that started a snowball. And their latest episode that just dropped this past Wednesday, mm-hmm. Wednesday, like dissects all of the theories about the residents of Stars Hollow. Now, I found it interesting, though, that you did not believe that Dean was paranormal or supernatural. (laughs) See what I did there? For those of you who know what I'm talking about, you know why that's funny. Um, Kale has no idea. But (laughs) you, you, you suggested that he's just human. Yeah, he moved into town like, what is going on here? And he didn't stay long. Was was his mission done, or was he freaked out? We'll have to talk about it on another episode of Gilmore Sisters, a rant podcast. And we will be revisiting our most off-the-wall fan theories in four or five weeks, because we've thought of more since we recorded the episode. You've got to. You've (laughs) got... I know you talked about Lorelai's mom and Mm. her mysterious past, but I think... There's a whole episode about her parents, in particular her dad, being a fairy king. Oh, yeah. Living in the human world. Because they don't live in Stars Hollow. They don't live in Stars Hollow, no. But they, they are fabulously wealthy. But do they ever, like, confirm where their money came from? Well, Richard works all the time. He works really hard in the insurance consulting business. And every time he gets asked to explain his job, they're like, well, he consults on insurance matters. And there's no more detail than that. So I think actually what he's doing is probably sorting out problems amongst the other, like, fey denizens who all converge on Hartford, like some sort of fairy capital, unassuming. You'd never guess it was there. Well, well, okay. So... Kale, Kale is completely lost. <laughs> I love this. But those of you who are watching and keeping up, this is about to blow your mind. About a, about shows I hate. So the, the theory is that Supernatural, or my theory is that Supernatural and the Gilmore Girls exist in the same shared universe. Okay, I do know Supernatural. But you know what other two shows were also on WB and CW? I mean, I can think of lots of shows. Which ones are you thinking of, Johnny? Dawson's Creek and Charmed. Oh. Dun, dun, dun. Could... Oh, my gosh. There's three. There's three Gilmore Girls. There's Emily, Lorelai, and Rory. And that's the power of three. <laughs> but but wait, what about this? What about this? What about this? Because wasn't the guy who played Dean also on Dawson's Creek? What if Dawson's Creek is another fairy glen? Is he in Dawson's Creek? I, I'm asking. No. I, I thought he was. I, I think this is a whole new theory. I have to look into this. 
I have to research. I spend way too much time researching stuff about a show that I thought I already knew everything there was to know about. <laughs> this this is what we do, basically. So, Kale, I'm so sorry to leave you, like, in the land of the lost on this. Well, apparently I need to well, add Gilmore Girls to the list because it's an entire universe. It is you incredibly do. well written. But also, you need to introduce our guest star. Mothman. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so you picked this up at the con. Yeah, I did. Show it. This is this is New Loot. New Loot? Squishable exclusive. The boy. Yeah, bring, bring him up center stage. Look at that wingspan. I love this. Can fly 100 miles per hour faster than a 62 Chevy. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so you, you've heard my theory of what the Mothman is, haven't you? No, I haven't. As much as I love cryptids, and as much as I'm obsessed with them, and I do believe that some of them are real. Are you one of the owl? The owl believers? Not an owl. No, okay. But it is a harpy eagle. Okay. And if you guys, if you guys do a Google search for harpy eagle... The pictures you are going to see are exactly how they describe Mothman. Ex- I mean, it's uncanny. There, that's that's got to be what it is. And harpy eagles aren't native to West Virginia. But it's not improbable. It's not impossible. And now they're having Mothman sightings at Chicago O'Hare Airport. No, they're not. It's a harpy eagle. I, I mean, as much as I want to believe that this is a supernatural monster. The Harbinger of Doom? Look at those eyes. Is he the Harbinger of Doom? That's what he's been called. I mean, sites over Chicago, or, there's been reports of he was sighted over Chernobyl before that all happened. I mean, that's what they call him but because of the whole bridge incident. But why, why would Mothman, the harbinger of doom, care about the Silver Bridge in Point Pleasant, West Virginia? Maybe. I, I know it was a tragedy, but it's not Chernobyl. No. It's not 9-11. Maybe he just there really cares about local that events. Mothman was at 9-11 as well. If you research it, there will be reports that he was there at Ground Zero. So there was a new comic that came out this Wednesday about Mothman. And and in the comic, Mothman is an alien who crashes in Point Pleasant, West Virginia. And he's trying to get his ship repaired and to go back home. Kind of like E.T. But all these rednecks from Point Pleasant, West Virginia, they're like... Well, hellfire, there's some kind of creature out there. We got to go shoot it and kill it and stuff it and mount it on the wall. No, not Moppy. Well, that, and that's the story. That's what's going on in this comic. And it's actually really good. It's based on a story that Frank Frazetta wrote. You, you know Frank Frazetta? I'm not the, familiar, but I'll have to look when, when, when you see his artwork, you'll, you'll recognize him. Mm. He's famous for painting naked ladies fighting dragons. Oh, yeah. Okay, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm with you now. I'm with you now. Yeah. yeah. Quality 
museum style art. <laughs> yeah. You know. Yeah. I saw a bunch of that at Gen Con the other year. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, great, great art, amazing artist. He just had a thing for naked ladies <laughs> <clears throat> on everything. Um, but um, anyway, so Mothman comic book this week. Pick it up. You know what else I got at the comic book shop this week? This is kind of sad, kind of touching. So Tuesday, John Romita Sr. died. John Romita Sr. is the guy who basically created the look of Spider-Man and cre- helped create Gwen Stacy and um, Mary Jane Watson. And he, I mean, he shaped the style, the, the style models for those characters. Well, he died Tuesday. Wednesday, they released a facsimile, a recreation of uh, Spider-Man 135, I think it was, which is one of his most famous issues. Um, I mean, it just was serendipity that it released the day after he passed away. So I picked that up in in his honor. It's phenomenal. Um, And I love it because they reprinted it exactly the way it was printed in like 1970 something with the ads in the back and the, you know the x-ray specs and you know Charles Atlas you know bodybuilding course and I I did the bodybuilding course when I was a kid um anyway um and it shows doesn't it yeah no it doesn't um but uh anyway some cool stuff at the comic shop Kale's like what is Johnny on <laughs> No, I'm surprised that there's been a lot of cryptid art. There's several artists that have had Flatwoods Monster, Mothman um, art prints. Um, I got a keychain. I picked up Mothy. So. Anime Gravy does tons of cryptids. Yeah. They also do punny stuff like um, the Night Shifter. It's a werewolf drinking coffee because he has to go to work in the middle of the night. Mm-hmm. Uh, stuff like that. You got some Anime Gravy art I saw. Yep. I have a bunch of Anime Gravy like mermaid and unicorn type. So, stuff in my house. So, so Crayley, I know your your uh, Phoenix sister, Kelly, mm-hmm. is a huge cryptid fanatic. Oh, yeah. Bigger than me. And I uh, like cryptids. You so know? you are too? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know as much. Like, in, in Indiana, it, it's like, growing up in Indiana, there's like the things in the corn, right? And I grew up like part of my childhood, like way out in the middle of nowhere. Like my grandpa raises cows and stuff. And so Uh. when I was a kid, cryptids were too scary for me. They were too real. So I've only just started getting into them as an adult where I'm like, oh, this is interesting to read about and hash hash over the theories and stuff. But like already when you live in a corn state, certain ones of us are just like, there's, there are things in the corn okay and you don't know you can't see it you're not gonna go look for it because you'll 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 lose your way in the cornfield right and so then signs came out when i was in third grade what a great movie it actually is a great movie like even if you don't like some of the parts of the plot like there are a lot of legitimate criticisms of the films oh no 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 stop stop that blasphemy right now that's a perfect movie. It has the best jump scares, I I think, to this day. Like, they did such a good job of, like, the gradual buildup before you actually see anything. Like, the gradual buildup makes it so that even if some CGI or something didn't age, like, the buildup was what made it scary anyway. So it doesn't matter if effects did or didn't age. But so Have you ever seen Signs, oh, Kale? Yeah. Okay. So when, when Yaquin Phoenix reacts... 
to seeing the alien on that video, that news report, that was my reaction. It was it was like an authentic reaction. It was so good. So my good. heart still like stops a little bit every time. Like even even now that I expect it, like yeah. So anyway, cryptids are new for me because M Night Shyamalan and living in the middle of nowhere scared me a little bit too much. Yeah. So you know what cryptid freaks me out? Hmm. The chupacabra. There was chupacabra art there today at yeah. Louisville Popcon. Today, I believe, I know what it is. Like a lot of other people, we believe that it's a breed of hairless coyote. But back, not everyone believes that. I believe that. But back in the day, like when I was listening to the Art Bell Show, like in 1995, I was listening to it at midnight one night, and they were talking about the chupacabra and how it, you know, just pops out of the shadows and I was I was in this uh, apartment building parking lot and there were a lot of trees mm-hmm. a lot of deep dark shadow and I was I was I was a little bit freaked out mm-hmm. I was I was like chupacabras could get me especially when you hear about what damage the chupacabra could do waking up with like 12 goats sucked of all their internal organs and blood and it's like just one puncture hole and it's like Okay, we're going to be human Capri Suns in the morning for the Chupacabra. <laughs> human Capri Suns. V- vampiric, hairless coyotes. <laughs> oh, so, yeah. Chupacabra is no joke, but I mean, after watching Chupa on Netflix, they made him look so cute and listen, innocent. Listen. That's dangerous. I, I actually liked that movie for that what it cute. was. Yes. And I, I actually like the idea of the chupacabra being an adorable almost teddy bear like creature with feathered wings I, I thought that was a cool interpretation um completely opposite of everything right. else in pop culture but i thought it was cool now have you seen the uh the tv show the irregulars Mm-mm. i think that's what it's called it's on netflix mm-hmm. um these three teenagers are subject to scientific experimentation mm. and one becomes a chupacabra a were chupacabra what another one becomes a succubus and the other one becomes um uh wait, wait, wait. she can uh control people with her mind uh yeah. or no it was something else maybe a telekinetic i don't know but it was really really good Oh my gosh, that sounds crazy. Yeah. That does sound good. It was good. It was good. Um, anyway, so speaking of not good things, I went and saw The Flash. <laughs> you guys, have you have either of you seen it yet? No, I, I have not. If you're thinking about going to see The Flash, do yourself a favor and go see Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. Have you seen either seen that either? I haven't, but I would much I'm rather watch. I'm going to watch. see Spider-Man Friday. Okay, yeah. you're going to love it. But, but I'm just going to give you a warning. It's the same story, but Spider-Man does it so much better, like 900% better. <laughs> and you know, because it's animated, there's no crappy CGI. There's there's beautiful animation. It's beautiful. But oh my god, you guys, the Flash 
I'm the last time I've seen CGI that bad was The Mummy Returns, The Scorpion King. Oh. You remember how bad that was, oh, yeah. Crayley? Well, I don't have to try that hard to remember it. I just watched the movie last month. I'll probably watch it again before this month's over. Yeah. It it was that bad. And I I just I just I almost got up and walked out in one of the first opening scenes. And you guys, my friends who are saying Oh, this movie set the course right for the DCU. No, it I didn't. I haven't heard anyone say that. I, all of my uh, personal friends. I believe you that someone said it. I'm just saying my personal friends are all of the same opinion. You are the few who've seen it. Are like, it was not. I, I mean. No star-powered cameo could save that. And, and I, I mean, the CGI was just so bad. And, and it's really, the, the, one of the opening scenes is where it's so apparent. And then, look, the plot makes zero sense. Zero sense. I mean, I'm a time travel freak. And the movie is about time travel. Spoiler alert. It's the Flash. But it, the, the, at least the Flashpoint paradox mm-hmm. and the TV show, when it dealt with the time travel, that it made sense. This I'm not excusing the plot not making sense. sense. I'm saying it's not really a spoiler for a Flash movie to be about time travel. Like... be okay i i know it will be okay and (laughs) thank god james gunn is starting from scratch but even in this movie there are indications that he's going to keep some of a anyway i i I almost got up and left four different times i never do that because i'm a movie fanatic like going to the movies is my favorite thing to do at least next weekend, or two weekends from now, is Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. That I'm excited about. You want to know what movie I'm excited about that's what? coming out somewhat soon? The live-action Barbie movie. Yeah, I am so excited! Do you know what? I think that's going to be the smash hit of 2023. I, it's looking like it really could be. I'm actually doing um, a photo shoot homage to the... Uh, the iconic 60s swimsuit Barbie who wears the black and white swimsuit and the black heels and the giant oh white my. Yeah. yeah, so my swimsuit is not exact, but people who are familiar with the look are going to recognize it. I'm very excited. I- I'm very excited about that, too. I can't <laughs> wait to see that. What? Johnny's super into one of my photo shoots. I am surprised and shocked. <laughs> I'm, I'm one of your biggest fans. Oh, yeah. Appreciate you. <laughs> <laughs> That that's fantastic. That's fantastic. So one more day of PopCon, mm-hmm. um, and you're going to be here tomorrow as well. Mm-hmm. I have to head back to Nashville. Um, now, Crayley, you're doing your Pokeballs, but you've got so much more. So this is going to go live in a little bit. We're going to post this tonight, but people on Sunday, watching this live on Sunday or or later on tonight, they need to come to Indie PopCon, not just to experience all the cool stuff, the cool celebrities. Kayla and I did a walkthrough and showed you some of those guys. Um, but <laughs> funny, funny story. So I didn't know that, that um, what, what is his name? Dante. Dante. Dante Bosco, who was Rufio in Hook. I didn't know he was a voice on Avatar The Last Airbender. Yep. 
and and so I I was like, wow, this is really cool that all of these people are standing in line remembering Rufio and Kale. Kale is like, uh, Johnny. They're probably here to see Prince Zuko. Well, and she says, but he was a voice in Avatar, and I immediately think blue people, and I'm like, wait a minute. Who was he in Avatar? No, the good Avatar, He's Johnny. restoring honor to Pandora. <laughs> and then, and then who was it? Um, uh, Ming Chen. Ming, Ming Chen came over, and, and he's on the video. And I'm like, Ming, back me up here. Um, is it? Are we just really that old? And he's like, Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we are, because he's the same age I am. So anyway. But they they should come visit you, get some pokeballs, and that's not how it sounds. <laughs> the, you, describe what you do okay. with the pokeballs. So they are dioramas that are spherical, and the outer outer container it's like an elevated display case for the Pokemon figure that I've chosen, and then uh, it looks like what they're doing in the Pokeball all day. So are they on the beach? Are they having a picnic? Are they playing D&D? That one's sold already. You can't buy it this weekend, but you can order from me custom. Johnny will give you a link. Um, <laughs> uh, and then I also do like, I've got some resin art, like um, Charizard keychains and Cubone skulls. I have coasters, some of which have the Pokemon cards embedded in them. Some of them just have stickers because some people don't like to see collectibles destroyed which is basically what i'm doing there i have mugs with scenes like it's pokemon having coffee inside an actual mug you can fit it on your desk at work if you have room for a mug you have room for a pokey mug um i've just really really expanded the offering year after year i've got two end cap tables now and uh here at louisville popcon so and i'll be at indie popcon also and so will kale and i yes and and you know what? So, are you are you a Pokemon fan? It's hard to tell. <laughs> I don't know. Am I? It's only been twenty plus years. You you don't understand. When I was in first or second grade, I asked my mom for one of the little packs of ten Pokemon cards. They were a couple bucks, and she said, "No, I'm not buying those for you. Those won't even be popular anymore this time next year." <laughs> and so now I've been telling her I told you so for years and years and years that my full time job involves buying Pokemon toys and writing them off on my taxes. <laughs> now, Kale, are you a Pokemon fan? I am. I have a Pokemon tattoo. Do you really? Yes. Where? It's Pumpkaboo. Oh, okay. Yeah, I've already talked to Crayley about doing a custom uh -huh. of Pumpkaboo and his little spooky Pokeball. And now, now, are you just a fan of the show, or do you play the game? Do you do Pokemon Go? Oh, no, I play toys? Pokemon Go. I've played, I've played all the Pokemon since I was a kid. I grew up on Nintendo and Game Boys. I have a Switch now with Arceus in it, so, yeah, I'm dead set. <laughs> so, but I brought this up to Crayley mm -hmm. about a year and a half ago. We we did an episode about Pokemon specifically, and I mean, who else was he gonna go to? Right, in a Pokemon <laughs> episode. And and of course, you know, I I'm not a fan. I'm familiar with it, but I'm not like a fan. Mm. I, um, my my son is obsessed with Pokemon, um, and of course, you know, D. Barty, who rejects the entire premise of the show, had no clue. <laughs> about you know the, the Pokemon but I, I brought this up and I'm, I'm curious if you've thought any more about it does it not seem 
incredibly irresponsible to send these children to a training academy and then set them loose on their own in the wild to collect wild Pokemon specimens and maybe survive, maybe (laughs) not. I mean, am I the only one who has thought this? I have heard arguments before that that's a reflection of... uh like that it's part of Japanese culture to send children like on errands alone and things like that a lot younger than we would in the United States. But you're not sending, sending them to get a jug of milk is completely different than here are the rubber gloves you need to make sure you don't get electrocuted by the thing that's supposed to protect you in the wild. Now go get attacked by a, like a a flock of angry birds the size of you. I, I know. That's just in episode one. <laughs> no, you know what it is? Here's what it is. The people who are creating Pokemon are Gen Xers. The people who created Pokemon are my generation. They're Gen Xers who, listen, we, we grew up latchkey kids where your parents put a key on a string for you to hang around your neck so that when you got home from school, you could get in the house because they weren't there. And you were on your own to cook, to do your chores. And look, we we would we would get on our bikes and we would ride. And your mom thought you were just riding around, around the block for eight hours. No, 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 no. In those eight hours, we rode 10, 12 miles to the next town. We built a fort in the woods, a, a den. We, we, you know, danced on railroad tracks. Had, so I'm saying... Pokemon was created by the people in my generation who grew up basically living like wild children in the woods. <laughs> yeah, I, that might be why it resonates with me so much. Because I also, you know, my parents, they worked or they had their own stuff going on. I had to t- entertain and or take care of myself more than some other kids my age anyway. And so I'd get adventurous with it and my dad would let me walk wherever because he assumed I could only get so far and one time I finally had to call him I'm like dad I need you to come get me and he's like did you go to one of your friends without permission or something did something happen and I'm like well so we lived on the border of Whiteland and Greenwood in Indiana if you're familiar with the area I'm like well I'm somewhere on the south side of Indianapolis and I don't think I can get home before dark he's like did someone give you a ride and I was like no I started walking at 2 30 p.m. like here I am. <laughs> See, that's real life. Stand by me. That's the plot of Stand by Me. Anyway, these are the things I think about, and the things that I let my co-hosts ruminate on. So, what, what, what do you think? Is it irresponsible to send kids out hunting Pokemon on their own? They're not on their own. They have literal attack beasts that can protect them against others. If they know how to use them. They if, get like they get one, one day. thing, and, <laughs> and then, yeah, one day to bond with their thing and and pick, and then see ya. Hope you survive the experience. We'll see you at the next town for the big tournament. What? You figure it out. <laughs> X Pokemon X and Y on has started trying to address that. Where now they they make your you get your parents permission to go on your adventure, like, and then it's like you. They send somebody who's a little older with you for a few steps of the journey to like, and it's like it's still not. Well, wait, yeah, your champion mentor or whatever that you get for the first whatever. 
Well, the the episode, the, the ones that I watch, especially for that episode, the first one, Ash's mom is like, time to get out of the house. Bye. <laughs> Go make us proud. Don't die. <laughs> anyway. Anyway, we're not here to talk about Pokemon. And that's just news to me. What do you mean we're out here talking about, that, that's your about Pokemon? <laughs> but look, we've talked about Pokemon. We've talked about Gilmore Girls. We've talked about Cryptids. We've talked about the disaster that was the Flash movie. And we've shared our favorite moments of Indie PopCon. By the way, I got to see Fran... Uh, not Fran. Fran Drescher is the actress. Uh, Kayla Drescher, um, one of the first female magicians to win Penn & Teller's Fool Us, uh, performed today. And um, she did a she did a really sweet uh, sweet routine. Yes, it was yeah. really really amazing. I enjoyed it a lot. Yeah, yeah, they they, they had a good show. So anyway, um, that's it for us. So uh, hope you guys didn't miss the Saturday morning show this morning too too badly. Hope this makes up for it. I mean, if nothing else, I mean, <laughs> you get Kale and Crayley and Mothman and, and Mothman. Mothman. <laughs> Our, our guest star. What more could you want? There's not much more you could want out of life. But um, we'll be back next weekend, next Saturday, with our regularly scheduled episode. And I believe we're talking about Power Rangers. And Drew Milden is going to be joining us to talk about Power Rangers, Saturday Morning 101, why it's so important to see and be familiar with the Power Rangers to understand the celebration of the fun of the Saturday of our youth. So you'll want to tune in next Saturday at 8 a.m. And tomorrow night, Kale, you guys are talking about haunted dolls. Yes. It's going to be a very spooky episode. Haunted possessed items and dolls that carry spirits with them. That's going to be on Cryptid Crunch on the Cereal Box Network. And, uh, Crayley, what's coming up next for either Cosplay Cafe or Gilmore Sisters? Well, for Cosplay Cafe, we are letting our guest pick the topic who's lined up for our next um, first Friday of the month. So I'm interested to see what they come up with. Don't, unless you want to be broke forever, don't get to the point that I am at and my co-hosts are at where you have so many costumes now that it's like, hey, guest, you pick the theme. Because that, that's how it works a lot of the time. We let the guest pick the theme and we're like, we've got something for that. Um, Gilmore Sisters, um, oh gosh, we're going to be covering a lot of topics, but um, a bunch of them, one of the ones that I'm excited to get to at some point in the future is... Uh, in season five, Rory gets a really, really negative performance review at an internship and spirals off the deep end so far that it changes her character arc forever. And I have nine years in the professional world before I started building Pokemon toys for a living. <laughs> and I'm going to talk to you about how not to respond to negative workplace feedback through the lens of Gilmore Girls. I don't know when it'll come up in the schedule, but I'm very excited to cover it. And uh, I hope it'll be funny and entertaining, but also helpful for some of the young professionals out there. Well, again, this supports our theory that Rory is a fairy because of the way she reacted to criticism and then her subsequent spiral downward and her complete disregard 
for the consequences of her actions. See, no long-term thought, none. I've been paying attention. Oh yeah, we know you have. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, that's it for us. Thank you guys for tuning in. You can support the shows on the Cereal Box Network at buymeacoffee.com/cerealboxpod. Make sure you like this episode. Give us a comment, a thumbs up, share it, uh, whatever platform you're watching on. Subscribe so you never miss an episode. And until the next time, love you, mean it, and we'll catch you on the back of the cereal box. Bye.